Hi, and welcome to Driving Test Tales. I am Terry from the future, just dropping in before the show to give you a quick note that I did have to take some time away from the show. And while I was off, I had to think about the format and which way I wanted to take Driving Test Tales. And I've just restructured it a little bit. So whereas I started off doing it in seasons, it is now just going to be an ongoing series of episodes. It'll be more fluid, won't necessarily be every fortnight. I'm aiming to get at least one episode out a month. But that's why over the first six or seven episodes, you may see a slight discrepancy about me talking on the show, saying season two, when actually... There's no seeds now, it's just an ongoing thing. So thank you for choosing to listen, thank you for listening to this, and I hope you enjoy all the episodes going forward. Driving Test Tales with Terry Cook. Stories from real people on how they pass their driving test. Welcome to Driving Test Tales. As always, I am your splendid and indeed marvellous host, Terry Cook, and I'm delighted that you have joined us for this episode. Today, I am joined by Kia Witherspoon. Now, Kia uh, took his test 23 years ago, and the big takeaway from this episode for me is about the attitude he had around the test and around these lessons and how you can turn mistakes and even potential failure into a positive. So definitely one to listen to if you're struggling a little bit, or even if you've potentially failed the test or concerned about failing the test. Now, just before we dive into the episode, I want to throw a slight little sort of word of caution. When we record this episode, the sort of COVID regulations were still in place. However, they've now changed. So I was talking to Kira about the way that uh, tests are currently impacted by COVID. The regulations are now changed. So it's things like masks are no longer mandatory on tests and also when you're out on your test, your test won't be terminated early. If you fail, you will complete the full test. So just a quick caveat on that. If you are listening to this and you haven't yet passed your theory test, I'm going to suggest you head over to tcdrive.co.uk. Over there, you can find my theory test training course, which has over 40 training videos on it, all short training videos, walking you through the multiple choice questions step-by-step, helping you pass your theory test first time. But enough of that. Let's crack on with today's episode and Kia Wotherspoon. So we are on season two of Driving Test Tales, and today I am joined by the ever-delightful, ever-wonderful Keir Wotherspoon. How are we doing, Keir? Hello, Terry. Thank you for inviting me on today. I'm, I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Always a, always better speaking to you. Always better speaking to you. That's how I'm doing. Do you Thank want to start you. off by telling people just a little bit about uh, what you do, what you're up to? Yeah, so my name's Keir. I've told you just introduced So I'm a performance mindset coach. And I help personal trainers increase their sales conversions with higher paying clients so they can grow the business. So that's where I'm at at the minute. That's what I'm doing. So I work specifically with personal trainers. Um, I've got a personal training. So for yeah, I've been in the fitness industry for 13 years. And now I'm in a position where I want to help other personal trainers to you know, expand the businesses and, and do some amazing things in the world. Awesome. So if you are a personal trainer or be considering becoming a personal trainer, make sure you give Kira a shout. Absolutely. Um, but what we've got you on to talk about today is going back to your driving test and your lessons and how you found all that. So let's start off by asking you this question, which is simply going right back. Well, in fact, let me ask you, how long ago was it when you took your driving test? So I'm going to have to tell you how old I am, aren't I? Really? Yeah, you are. I'll tell you. Okay, well, I'm 40 now, so 
I was 17 when I passed my test. So what's the maths on that? 23. 23 years? Yeah. Wow. That makes me feel ancient. Well, um, I'm 40 this year, so I'm joining you in that ancient bracket. Um, it's going to be, Terry. It's, it's not as bad as what they say. Whole other story that I won't go into right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so how did you find learning to drive your driving lessons all those all those many, many years ago? How did I find it? Yeah. Um, I loved it. Like, I'd, I, I, lo- I always wanted to drive. I always wanted to have that independence. I'm very in, an independent person. And to have my own vehicle that I could drive myself around in was just like, I need that. I need that. So to me, the, the driving lessons, I mean, I'll be honest, it was, I wanted just to get it done. Quite impatient. Yeah. That's something I've practiced. My, I, I do practice a lot now, um, but at the time I was very impatient. I just wanted to get it done. But in, in overall, I mean, I did, I did enjoy the sessions. Yeah. I mean, when you speak about impatience, was that impatience as in, um, you don't care about how well you do. You just, or was it more impatience of, I just want to be able to achieve this. I just want to be able to achieve it. Like, and you, it's, I suppose it's like anything, isn't it? It's like you go into this, well, car and it's just like, yeah, you just think you just do this with the steering wheel and, and press the pedal. But there's so many things to learn. Obviously there's the rules of the road, there's the mechanics of the car, unless you're driving an automatic, but there's a lot of things to think about. So you kind of, there's so many things to go and you think, I'm never going to get this. I'm never going to get everything just right. Yeah. So it takes time, doesn't it? It takes time for your brain to adapt and for everything to start to feel natural. Yeah. And I think you had a bit of a setback, didn't you? Because like I said, you were keen to start, but then you had a bit of a setback and you weren't able to start when you wanted to. Yeah. So I had a a brain hemorrhage when I was 15. Um, so I had actually wait, I had to apply when I was, I think you can apply when you're 16. Uh, but my L plates actually came on my 17th birthday and I was absolutely stoked, but I wasn't allowed to go and practice. Yeah. I had to wait another, I think it was three, I can't remember, it was like three or six months. I had to wait to actually get into a car because I had to get this clearance from the DVLA. And of course with the DVLA, they weren't wanting to do it over the next week. It was a very long drawn out process. It was a 17 year old kid. Couldn't wait to get behind the wheel of a car to get my independence, but had to sit and with these L plates, I couldn't do anything with them. <laughs> do you think that um, almost made your impatience worse? The fact that, like you say, you settle your L plates, itching to start, but you're just waiting on someone else saying, yes, now you can go. Yeah, it's, I suppose it's like, you know, I don't know, waiting for Christmas, like a kid waiting for yeah. Christmas, isn't it? It's like, <laughs> I just want it to happen. Why can't it be just be here now? And it's, but you know, the, the power, the, power is completely out of your control i suppose at least if you've got your old plates and you can go and drive it's in your control yeah. but this was just completely out of my control um yeah what about the learning itself so do you have any struggles or anything you found particularly hard or easy around learning to drive um not really i mean i suppose the biggest thing for me was i was driving in quite a big car it was um it was a peugeot 306 like going back 23 years ago. So they were quite big, like spaceship types. Yeah. And I was practicing in my mom's car at the time, uh, which was a Peugeot 205, right. which was amazing. I loved it because it was just like a nice little kind of cozy car where this was like a massive spaceship. So I kind of felt quite lost in it. And I suppose maybe from like a maneuvering aspect, I found that quite difficult. You know, you got to do like your three point turns and that type of thing, which in hindsight was probably a good thing because it really made me aware more spatially aware 
because you are trying to maneuver this big car. Whereas when I was in my mum's car, the little Peugeot, it just felt a little bit more easier. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and what about your instructor? Uh, do you have any memories? Because I know we're going back a few years, but do you have any memories about your instructor? Did you have to change instructors? Did you find them useful, helpful, hindrance? No, I felt I felt them really good. Um, one of the things that I totally remember with it, it was uh, you had again you had this Peugeot. It was a, it was a it was a turbo diesel. Obviously, I'd never drove a turbo diesel car before, and I remember going up this bank and he went, "Just put your foot down." And I went, "What?" He said, "Just just put your foot down, feel it." And I put my foot down, the turbo kicked in, and the car just went. I was just like, "Whoa, <laughs> what was that?" And it was amazing, but it was that. He was just so calm and relaxed. He was just like, just put your foot down and see what it feels like. There was, I didn't feel at all stressed. You know, like, I, I mean, I, like, I, I don't know how other instructors operate, um, but he was just so laid back and I felt really comfortable with his, the way that he was. There was no like panicking or you have to do this. And he was just, he was allowing me to explore it. Yeah. And I found that really reassuring. That's that's something I do as an instructor because uh, the thing with driving instructors, I imagine it a lot like PTs, and we're all different. We're all just different human beings, and we've got this idea of how we do it, and then we put our own spin on it a little bit. But the the interesting what you said there, because I talk a lot on this show about how if you're not happy with your instructor, find a new one. Never mm-hmm. be afraid to to book free instructors, try them all, and see which is your favorite. But I think, like you just said, you were really happy with yours. So if you get in a car and your instructor's great and you love them straight away, you don't have to find someone else. Um, so I think that that's great that you found uh, sort of the right instructor for you first time. But I think going on to your driving test then, did you pass first time? No. Oh. Second. Second. second time. Absolutely devastated. Devastated. It was, I don't know, you just, you know, when you're when you when you going, going to an exam or go or anything, you're really sweaty and nervous. and Yeah. And then you finish and you're like, I wish I could do it again. Like, yeah, that adrenaline, you just, I wish I could do it again. I failed. And I, and I remember, I know exactly how I failed. And when I'd done it, I was just like, and it was right at the beginning of my test as well. Like right at the beginning. And I had to go through the rest of the test knowing I'd failed. And it was horrible because I thought, you know what? Like I thought, maybe if I just do it really perfectly from now on in, he might just let that go. Yeah. And he said to us at the end, he said, you know, you failed, don't you? I was like, yep. And he was just like, he says, honestly, he says, you were absolutely amazing. He says, but you made that mistake and I had to crush you. And there's just nothing I can do about it. I think, well, you just tell us at the end, beginning, we just went back. and <laughs> See, to me, that's the perfect attitude because you've gone out and you've, you've nailed the rest of the test. If you go out and sulk and you get a load more faults, then when you come back, your instructor's going to be like, well, we're going to need loads more lessons because clearly you're not capable. But because you've kept that high standard of driving up, your instructor's going to be like, right, it's just this one thing. Let's go fix this and we're done. But what was it then? What, what did you actually fail, if you don't mind telling us? Um, well, it was actually, we were going along, it was like a dual carriageway. And I, 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 I'll be honest, I don't even kind of know the rules now. We were just dual carriageway and he said, we're going to turn right here. Now, I can't remember if I went into that lane and then slowed down or if I slowed down the left-hand lane and went right, like even even when he said it was wrong, I, still, I even asked my driving instructor, and it was a little bit of a, it was a little bit of a kind of a gray area. Yeah. Of what what I'd actually done, but because that was what he said it was wrong, there was nothing they could do about it. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure I'm sure I went in the right-hand lane and I slowed down, and he says that was that's dangerous because you slow the traffic down behind you, and that's not what you want to do. 
So it was just, it was just you know, one of those things. But I actually got the same driving instructor, uh, the, dri- the driving examiner the next time I went, <laughs> uh, which was quite good. But I, I think, like, for me, because at the beginning, you, you're nervous. And because I knew I'd made that mistake, all that nerves just went. Yeah. I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to finish this off, do the best I can. And I felt so relaxed doing it. Yeah. It's amazing how many students of mine pass having convinced themselves they've failed because of exactly what you just said. Because you've convinced yourself you failed, you've then no nerves. Mm-hmm. And yes, you should always be, don't go into a test thinking you failed, but you know, on your test, actually it's weird the way it works but i mean i just want to touch on that for anyone listening now i think the the incident you spoke about i think it's massively situational you know so i can't speak about your exact instant but it's all about judging what's around you and what's behind you so i know we can't go back 23 years and assess that incident but for anyone listening in that sort of situation the biggest thing is knowing what's around you and making sure it's safe to do what you're intending to do so um but the other thing i wanted to mention how did you handle that because I know you said you kind of thought you'd fail but with your getting the same instructor again sorry got me sitting now we're getting the same examiner again how did that affect you or you know did you give you more confidence did you go in thinking oh god he's going to fail me again no I, I knew like he, he, again he was a nice guy he was just like he said he says look you know you've done really well and I, I just have to fa- I, I had to fail you because of that so it actually gave me a lot of confidence going back then you had the same guy so it's just like oh, all right let's try again eh? yeah. and it was a little bit more relaxed because I knew that he knew I could drive so that gave me a little bit of confidence going into that but yeah I mean it was just it is what it is isn't it and you mentioned about uh, you're almost driving around thinking, you know, you wish you could stop the test. At the minute, they are. So because of COVID, the regulations are brought in are that if you fail your driving test, they will just bring you back to the test centre. You won't necessarily yeah. know that, but they will end the test early. Do you think, looking back now, you would prefer that? Or do you think that it actually did you good going out no, and continuing I, the test? Yeah, no, I've done as good. I think, he, I, to me, it's like, because he didn't tell us I'd failed, so I was still in that frame of mind to maybe I could still pass it. Like, do you know what I mean? So it, was, yeah. it actually pushed me on to do a little bit more. Plus it, it gives you experience, doesn't it? And, and you yeah. go through the whole lot and then you come in with next time, you know what to expect to a certain level because there's, there's always that level of the unknown. What's mm-hmm. this going to be like? But at least if you get taken through it and you fail it, you've gone through it and thought, well, actually that wasn't too bad. So maybe next time when you go into it, you can give yourself a little bit different self-talk. Because yeah. there's always that unknown what gives you that, oh, what's it going to be like, what's it going to be like, and you get into that kind of anxious state. But if you know what to expect or to a certain level, then that can help alleviate that a bit, I think. You think with that, that first result, you almost proved to yourself you could do it? Yeah, I mean, that was our confidence thing, wasn't it? It's like yeah. You literally got like two marks wrong yeah. in one big X. But apart from that one big X, you'd have flown through it. So I was like, yeah, like all right, that gave me a lot of confidence, as opposed to getting all like, 50 crosses and said no you're going to need at least six years before you can pass yeah um and the test itself is there anything that you found hard you know sort of in comparison to your driving lessons no not really i think it was i didn't really just the pressure i suppose just the pressure um yeah i mean like where we live sort of in the northeast They've got like three test centers. I mean, there might be more now. I don't know. But at the time, there was three test centers. So there was um, Gateshead, Hexham, and Durham. Mm. So, of course, at the time, it's like, don't go to Gateshead. 
don't go to Gateshead. <laughs> if you get a test, don't go to Gateshead. You've got to go to Hexham. Hexham's the best place to go because it's very quiet and blah, blah, blah. Well, both my tests were at Gateshead because <laughs> just, that's just the only place I could get to. But it was that thing. It was like, so you get, oh, well, I get to Durham. I get to Durham and, you know, I, I'll, I'll not be as hard. It was, go to the hardest place and just challenge yourself. I like it. Um, good bit of advice. And speaking of advice, uh, do you have any advice or what advice or tips would you pass on to anyone that's either learning to drive or that's got a driving test? Anything you'd do? Uh, any words of comfort, perhaps? Think of it as a challenge. Like, think of it as, as another stage of, of, of growth. You're learning something new. Like, it's like anything. It's a skill that you've got to learn if you want to drive. So embrace the challenge. So embrace that. It doesn't matter what you're going to be learning whether it's driving, whether you're learning a new language or you're learning or technology, it, it, it's another thing to learn. And it's the more you kind of do it and the more you accept it to learn an experience, the easier it becomes because then it's, you don't walk away from, oh, I'm, I'm useless at this. It's like, oh, I'm learning something new. Or, oh, how can I improve that? Like go with it with a growth mindset, go with it in a, that positive mindset. And yeah, it might take you a little bit longer than somebody else, but that just means you're going to be better when you're finished. Yeah. I would agree with that massively on the quite often I'll find that a few lessons as an example, the, the people that struggle a bit early on, maybe with clutch control or, you know, junctions, they'll spend more time on them. So when they actually get to some of the later stuff, that later stuff comes easier because they've spent even more time practicing the, the basics. They've got in more of these situational things. So just because it takes you longer. I mean, I've, I've never worked with anyone that wished they'd had less hours no one's ever passed a test and gone, I wish I'd had 10 less hours with you, Terry. There's been a few that have said they wish I'd had more, but no one's ever had the wish I'd had less. All right, so I'm going to ask you my favourite question now, the question I like asking everyone. What are your pet hates around driving or other drivers? What annoys you? Yeah, one of the biggest things, I think, and this is like going back to what you were saying before, it's that observing. People who don't observe what is going on around them. Like my dad said something to me, um, before I passed my test, this was when I very first started driving, he said, you need to be aware of everything around you. And he said, if there's a dog in the field, you need to be aware there's a dog in the field. That dog might never come around now, but you've got to understand that that's there and, and, and prepare yourself in case that dog does come running out. You know that dog's going to come out. It doesn't mean you sit and focus on that dog. It's just being aware of your surroundings. And I think so many people drive like this. I know if they're on a podcast, you kind of see that, but they're just so fixated and they look forward. You know, they're just, they're just not aware of the surroundings at all. Yeah. And that is probably one of my biggest pet peeves because they just they don't consider anybody else on the road. They don't consider anybody else behind them or what's going on beside them. But they're the first people to complain when they get into an accident. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree with that. It's um, I'll touch on this briefly because it's like with the new highway code changes about giving way to pedestrians when you turn left or right and everyone's saying you'll get rear-ended. Well, if you're aware of the car behind you, there's a lot less chance of getting rear-ended because you can then accommodate for that car. So I think that's massive and it's somewhat icy as well. And oddly enough, as much as you did like the physical representation of it, when you said everyone drives like this, I bet everyone knew what you were doing straight away. I bet everyone knew what you were doing. Chin on the steering wheel. From just yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so uh, it's weird that all these pet haters I ask people are always my pet haters as well. <laughs> so, <with that>. um, <laughs> so driving itself, since you've passed your driving test, how has being able to drive benefited you? Just it's a way of life, isn't it? I think now now you've passed your test, it's like when you haven't got a car, it's like taking an arm away or taking a leg away. 
it's to me it's like a necessary skill it's it's one of those things it's do you want to get in the bus for the rest of your life or do you want to rely on other people it's it's to me it's a sense of independence and like my auntie doesn't drive she's she's 70 well she's 75 i think now and she's never driven a whole life she's always got the bus everywhere or other people have gone to pick her up and take her places and to me it's like if you can't drive then you're relying on something else whether that's public transport or you're relying on someone else to come pick you up like where's that level of independence you need that level of independence and to me that's what it does it gives you that level of independence you have like um, a favorite drive or a favorite place you drive to now or you're not that way inclined not really. Um, I suppose it's, I like, if I am driving, I do like to drive more through the countryside yeah, and more scenic again, so you can observe what's going on around you and, and just, yeah, I'm, I'm very much into nature. Um, so going out and doing that is my preference, but I don't have any particular places I like to go. Yeah. I must admit, when I'm on a lesson, I always try and find the most scenic place to pull up when I'm talking to students. And um, I don't tell them. I just every now and again, I watch them and they start glancing around, looking at me. Yeah, I brought you here for a reason. It's nice. Nice to look at rather than brick. Um, yeah. All right. So the last question that I'm going to ask you, and I didn't warn you about this beforehand, I'm paying homage to the first guest of Driving to Sales Season 2, which was stunt driver Sarah Hall. Stunt driver. She was indeed a stunt driver. And I asked nice. her this question, so I'll be asking you this question as well. If you could go back in time and be a stunt driver in any film... What film would you like to be a stunt driver in? Oh, that's a good question. That's a good question. What stunt driver would I like to be in? In any film? Any film. It has to do something with car chasing, doesn't it? Do you want so, me to tell you the ones that have become so far? Bullet. Um, it has to be one of them. What's up, sorry? Bullet. Bullet, Steve, no. Steve Queen? No. No. But that's an excellent shout. Uh, we have Bond... Um, I suggested the Italian job and we had Snatch. Oh, yes. It has to be a bond then, really, doesn't it? Yeah. I think it, it has to be a bond. Don't get us wrong. I love you, the ones. But I think, yeah, Bond, you know, when he's in this, Aston Martin, and you just, I watched, um, have you seen the new Bond film? Yes. The newest one? Like, yes, that's yes. a really good one in there. Um, that, that car, I like that. That would be a good one. Yeah. Uh, all right, cool. Well, I appreciate you taking your time to come and join us on Driving Test Tales today and sharing Pleasure. your very own Driving Test tale. So do you want to tell people where they can find you and uh, what, what joy you can bring them? I'm not sure what joy I can bring them. <laughs> um, I'll try my best. Uh, but you can find me on Facebook. Um, just it's Key Weatherspoon. Uh, I'm on Instagram, although I haven't really used Instagram a lot lately. I've had a little bit of break from that. But I'm on Instagram as well. Uh, Twitter, I do like to go on my tweets at the minute. I'm quite into Twitter. And um, that is actually at Spoons at Spoons33. Uh, and I'm also on LinkedIn as well. So I've been networking a little bit on LinkedIn, which I find pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Cool. Uh, I will put those links in the show notes. But for now, thank you for driving us and sharing your very own driving test tale. You're welcome. Thank you for having me on, Terry. Driving Test Tales with Terry Cook. Stories from real people on how they pass their driving test.